This episode is sponsored by Pure Pro Massage Products. For over 24 years, Pure Pro has been making extraordinary products for extraordinary practitioners who care about what touches their body and their clients' bodies. From their hypoallergenic lotion, which is ideal for oncology massage and safe for sensitive skin, to peppermint bedangle foot cream, perfect for easing varicose veins and tired feet, to arnica relief lotion that knocks out muscle soreness stat. Pure Pro has products for every kind of massage. Pure Pro never uses chemically derived water dispersing agents or artificial fragrances. You'll find all the ingredients for each product on the website as well as the patented Glidometer rating that will help you determine which products slip, grip, glide, and weight is right for the work you do. And all Pure Pro products are vegan, cruelty-free, and nut-free, making your job as a safe, mindful practitioner that much easier. You can trust Pure Pro because it's made by massage therapists for massage therapists. For $10 off your next order, go to massagebusinessblueprint.com purepro and use the one-time discount code blueprint at checkout. That's $10 off your next order by going to massagebusinessblueprint.com purepro and using the one-time discount code blueprint at checkout. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Massage Business Blueprint podcast, where we discuss the business side of massage therapy. I am Alyssa Haynes, and I am here without my cohort, Michael Reynolds, today, because we have a super cool guest, and I'm not going to blather. I'm just going to tell you who it is. Her name is Jen Durkin. She's been a really good friend of mine for several years. Jen has a massage practice in Worcester, Massachusetts, and she also teaches at Bancroft School of Massage Therapy, and I'm going to let her tell you what she teaches and stuff, but Jen, hello. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I'm so good, and I'm so excited that you're joining us um, for the topic I'm going to introduce in a minute, but first, tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your practice, and a little bit about what you teach. Okay. I am a solo practitioner in Worcester, Massachusetts, and I work primarily with folks ages 13 and older. I do a combination of therapeutic massage. I am currently actively expanding my work in table tie massage work and craniosacral therapy because I like having variety in the work I do. And at Bancroft, I teach a little bit of what you have done in the past. I do a basic online marketing class for the students there so that they know if they want to be an employee or if they want to be on their own, how they can contribute in an online marketing fashion. I also teach anatomy and physiology level two, as well as the Bancroft sequence of Swedish massage to the incoming students. Dang, girl. The first time it actually popped up for me was not in terms of massage therapy, although that happened shortly thereafter. Um, It came about in another service industry, someone I I used to get my hair done with, or a a number of hairdressers. You know, sometimes, you know, because I have so much going on, just like you do, I I don't get my cut and color on a regular basis. It just doesn't happen. And I would go in and I would sit down in the chair and immediately be greeted with, oh my gosh, it is so good you come in today. You look awful. We're going to make you look better. And I own a mirror. (laughs) So I don't really like being greeted that way. I understand how I look. I know that I want to change, which is why I'm there. And so I used to feel that way about when I would have, you know, 
beauty services, for lack of a, a better term. But I noticed it happening in the massage industry as well, whether it was myself on the table being spoken to by another massage therapist or the clients who were coming to me on my table and the things they would say. I would find a lot of clients come to me and say things like, oh, my last massage therapist said that I'm the tightest person they ever felt. Do you feel that? Do you feel that? Feel it. I'm like, well, it's not a competition. But I noticed that this was a trend. And it was a trend when I was on the table too. Massage therapists who either knew or didn't know, I am also a massage therapist, saying to me, it's a good thing you came into. You are rock solid. How are you getting through your day? And it started to make me feel really bad about myself. I don't walk around in pain on a regular basis. I don't think I'm a mess. But here was someone who I viewed as an expert, like many of our clients think of us, saying to me, wow, hun, you're a mess. And I didn't really appreciate that. No, that makes me all kinds of batty. How, yeah. Oh, you know what? And I'm just, I'm going to totally get expository here. I <laughs> have had the same thing happen to me. Like I went to an acupuncturist at one point who felt like the first thing they did was tell me how tight my shoulder was and kind of blame me for it. Well, are you not doing enough stretching? What's your self-care like? And they were all like legitimate questions, but they were framed in a way that made me feel crappy about how I had taken care of myself or how I hadn't taken care of myself instead of making me feel like I was finally taking a positive step to care for myself and sending me on the right path. They just kind of shamed me into uh, feeling crappy and not going back to them. And this is a really big, I've had this happen in a few different ways and it's probably a whole other podcast, but it is a big part of our job to meet people where they're at. Yes. Not criticize them for how they got there. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I think it's a really difficult philosophical thing to teach practitioners. If someone, you know, walks in and they're in really rough shape, we don't want to necessarily tell them that they're in really rough shape. One, they already know that. And two, it's insulting. It's our job to meet them where they're at and help with incremental changes to help them and empower them to improve upon that. Yes. In realistic and meaningful ways. Yes. And there's a fine line between validating someone who needs to hear that they're not imagining something and, 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 and reinforcing that negative feeling they get from whatever issue or pain or dysfunction or lack of movement that is happening in their body. Yes. Or creating expectations that weren't there in the first place. Exactly. So now's a good time because in a minute we're going to talk about how can we adjust our approach to be meaningful and sensitive. But I am working without Michael today, and I'm proud of myself for remembering. I need to talk about our halftime sponsor first. So yay, today's halftime sponsor is the Jojoba Company. Jojoba is a liquid wax ester coming from the jojoba plant, and I love it because it does not oxidize or turn rancid. It has an indefinite shelf life, which means that heat doesn't affect it. So if you're in a really hot climate or your office just gets really hot at night when the air conditioner is not running, you don't have to worry about your oil going rancid or it making your sheets gross and smelly. Other kinds of oils 
um, are triglyceride oils, things like almond, grapeseed, macadamia, and they deteriorate in the heat, but jojoba does not do that because it's not an oil, it's a wax ester, and it can stand up to heating and reheating. So you can learn more about jojoba and the jojoba company at massagebusinessblueprint.com slash jojoba. And as always, I would like to thank them for being, I think, our longest running sponsor and also making a kick in product. Okay, so now let's get into how to be useful. So Jen, how, what are your tips for avoiding accidentally shaming or chastising clients for the shape that they might be in and instead helping uh, them and empowering them to uh, notice what's going on in their body and maybe make change? How do you handle it? Well, I, I handle it in a couple ways. I think because I've, I've had this, this conversation with a couple people and when I talk to people about experiences like I've had in the past, like I, I did a couple minutes ago, some of them are, are very concerned. They're like, I can't say anything. Do you not give your clients homework? Do you not give them information from the session? I absolutely do. I talk to every single one of my clients. I do take into consideration that everyone is different and that everyone is coming into my office and onto my table with a different mood and or set of perceptions potentially every single session. I can't assume that someone is in the same frame of mind. Um, that might sound like a lot of work, but if you're truly honestly listening and being present and paying attention, you can kind of gauge where people are. Are they, I don't wanna say complaining, yeah, but are they complaining in a significant way? Are they moving in a particular way? Is their mood upbeat? Is it down? Those things need to be taken into consideration, not just the physical soft tissues that we're working with. And even when there are issues or concerns that need to be addressed, I stay away from words like broken or that I'm gonna fix it. That implies damage. I'm not, I, I don't want to give that kind of negative down spin. It's not that everything's rosy all the time. I get that. I'm not going to be the one to tell them they're broken. And I'm, you know, especially depending upon what's going on, that I can fix it all. I try to stay away from the, the doom and gloom bits. And as you said, meet them where they are. What do they expect? I may have to put their expectations in place if they think, well, my hip has been bothering me for a year and I'm starting to read WebMD articles all the time and getting a really scary negative picture in my head, but I'm sure Jen can fix it in just a few sessions. We'll have a realistic conversation of, have you spoken to your doctor who can actually prescribe proper imaging and we can get a true answer as opposed to just, you know, guessing in the dark about what's actually going on. Um, so I will have conversations. It's not that I avoid them, but I also don't ever talk in terms of extremes. This is the worst. This is the tightest. This is the least. I don't, no one is the, the, the top end of my spectrum or the bottom end of my spectrum as far as my client pool. And even if they are, I'm not telling them that. There's some comfort in knowing there are others that are in the same boat you are. So I don't know how many clients we have a week that talk to me about neck pain and the extreme neck pain they're in. Well, and that's the kicker. Tons of people are talking about neck pain. This is not the be-all, end-all for that client. So 
there can be some comfort in assuring folks, yes, other people have had this pain, this is common, you may feel better too, let's see where you're at. So I stay away from those extremes of you're the worst case scenario, you've got the least amount of mobility, you've got the tightest muscles I've ever seen. That doesn't benefit them, that doesn't give them a, a meaningful piece of information to develop a goal with. It just makes them worry about it more. And I, I can only agree with that. And I tend to use the, it's all relative argument. So if someone, yes. if I start to work on someone and, and I'm on their trouble spot, I'm, I'm at the reason they came in and they say, well, how does it feel to you? And I tend to flip that around and say, well, it's not, it doesn't really matter how it feels to me. It matters how it feels to you. Or if I feel like something is especially off or tight or different, um, I tend to say, well, it's all relative. Your shoulder does seem a little bit tight, but this is, it's all relative. This might just be how your shoulder is. This might be the state of rest for your shoulder right now. If you were to feel my back, you'd notice that my erectors, those muscles that run up and down the spine are always super, super tight, but I don't have pain from it. It's just how my body is. And other people are the opposite way. So exactly. One I, of the I, most common phrases I say to my clients, because they'll, they'll ask the same thing, like, well, how's it feel to you? Well, I don't have your nervous system. You need to speak to me about what you're experiencing. What I feel on you could be very, very different from what you are feeling when I touch you. And there's ways to ask how people are feeling without uh, being negative about it. So if I'm working, if someone comes in because their hips and low backs or low back is messed up or they're having pain or whatever, I'm working on that. And I notice that there's, there's considerable more uh, issue. I think there's tightness. I feel something, let's say on the right side, way more than the left. I'm mm -hmm. not going to say, wow, your right side feels really tight. I'm going to say, how is this feeling to you? Are you noticing that one side is more sensitive than the other? And I realized since I've started asking this that, uh, and we know this now from all the, the information we have growing, the growing body of information about pain, um, so often what I think they're going to answer is the opposite. So I might be feeling things on the right side and they say, yeah, actually the left is a little more sore. And I'm in my head going, huh, all right, I wouldn't have guessed that. I'm still going to work both sides, but that information informs me and guides my work. And I did that without saying, wow, your right side seems way tighter. Like that's not helping them. That's just going to confuse them because no. they're feeling it on their left side. And now I've invalidated that. Now I've, now I've subtly, subconsciously laid the groundwork for them to think that the pain on their left side is not normal that they shouldn't be experiencing it, that they're wrong to be experiencing it. And now that something's wrong on both sides of their back, oh my God, they hadn't thought of that yet. What if it's a kidney? You know, like right. you know, the things we say can accidentally lead to a chain of thought that can only harm someone's physical and mental health. So we really, Absolutely. and I say that laughing because it's, you know, it's a slippery slope and it's, it's so ridiculous when I think about this, like how, we're not always taught the best way to voice our concerns and to, to, to question and to put questions to clients in a way that is more constructive and less uh, combative or accusatory. And right. we just don't, we don't, we don't think of that, but we're, we already, you know, massage school is full of a lot of stuff. There's only so much you can take in at once. So I'm not, that's not my blanket blaming schools for this. You're all doing fine. No, no. But 
Well, and the kicker about rephrasing the question the way you did is it also gives the therapist a ton more information. Way more. As opposed to making a statement just about what you're feeling to them that, yes, now they're potentially going to internalize or do whatever with. You got way more information to be able to guide your treatment. So it's a win-win on both sides. Amen. So I want to bring this around to kind of the second portion of the topic, which is um, a little bit of victim shaming and invalidating how they feel during and about the treatment. Cause I know that this bothers you. So mm. let's, let's say that I go to you for a massage and the next day I call you and I'm saying, uh, Oh my gosh, I'm so sore. I've never felt this sore after a massage. What would, um, what would a terrible response be to that? <laughs> Ooh, there are so many to choose so many. from. <laughs> What's your favorite few? Um, my favorite, you didn't drink enough water or eat enough before you came or after you came to see me. I would blame the client for it. Oh, awesome. Great. That's wonderful. Now I have had all of my pain invalidated and you have made yourself some kind of God healer so that your work uh, is supposed to be perfect and I'm just reacting poorly to it and that's my fault. Awesome. Thank you for yes. that. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorites is also, oh, well, you should feel that way after a massage. It'll go away in a few days. Right, because I came in pain, so I should absolutely aim for more pain as my goal. Wonderful. Yes. What would perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, Jen, what would be a better response to that issue? Because it's going to happen. Like I, in 12 plus years of practice, it's happened to me a handful of times where I've worked on somebody and they've gotten worse or they've had way more or different pain the next day. And yes. it happens way less now. I mean, it's only happened a very small handful of times, um, but the bulk of that was early in my career when I have no doubt I was working too deep on people. But what are some appropriate, uh, helpful responses to that if you think you may have worked too much or if you're really confident that you haven't, but you still want to validate and assist the client? Um. I will absolutely apologize. I'm not, I'm not gonna, uh, I don't know how to put this politely, but I'm not gonna fall all over myself. You and I are both trained professionals. We know how to work. But what I said before, as far as I can't feel what they are feeling before or after, I'm going to sympathize slash empathize, especially if I've been through the same type of deal. I'm going to continue continue to validate their feeling, assure them that, yes, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I believe that you're feeling that, that gives, I'm going to inform them too, that it gives me information and how we worked or were not capable of working together. So I want them to feel validated, to overuse the word just one more time, and assure them that I am concerned that that was the response, that that is how they feel so that they know it's real and I'm not belittling them. That is huge because it puts us on the same page as far as goals to getting better seeing improvement. And then based upon whatever the specifics are, do we you know, talk about working again? Do we talk about giving them to, to a different specialist that can maybe address what we thought was a concern but now is different? And I want, can I go on a little tangent for a minute? Go for it. 
because I think a lot of people assume that this type of situation can only occur with deep or heavy handed work um, or aggressive work, whatever term we want to use, and is always in terms of physical pain. But I'm going to, you know, com compared to you, I'm a baby in the industry. So um, I did a craniosacral session with someone recently. One could argue the, the lightest physical work there is. And I made them feel worse for the subsequent 48 hours after they met with me. They were concerned about what had been going on with their body. And I'm being vague on purpose. They didn't know what was going on. And we were practicing a session. And they assured me that th that light work session sent them to their doctor because they had increased anxiety, increased sense of um, a couple other sensations I don't want to get into, but I made them feel worse with physically light work. So it can happen in both types of work. I think people assume it's always an elbow to the forehead type of thing, and it's not. And that's important to recognize as well. And I, I obviously feel similarly. I'm going to give my standard shtick here of how I handle that. So if someone calls me the next day and says, you know, I liked my massage when it was happening, or I was a little sore as it was happening, but now I can't move my head to the left, or I'm having lots of pain. And I do the same thing you do. I say right out, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, that's the reaction that you're having to this to my massage. So talk to me about how you feel. And I get some details about have you taken a hot shower yet today? What have you, uh, have you taken anything for the pain today? And I, I'm certainly not recommending people take OTC pain relievers, but I'm, I'm finding out if they have. Right, you're getting information. Yeah. If, they've, if they've gotten up, if they've moved around a little, if they've taken a hot shower, if they've taken Tylenol and they're still in pain, then I'm going to suggest that they talk to their doctor. Or if, if they seem that alarmed, if they are not that alarmed but want to let me know, and I feel like they're, I might suggest, well, I'd like to see how you feel at the end of the day and maybe tomorrow because I have a feeling this is going to wear off. And my guess would be, you know, depending on the situation, you might find you actually have improved range of motion. And, you know, sometimes when we are working with tissue, it can have a negative reaction like this. You know, if I'm working with someone who's prone to migraines and I do too much occipital work or I'm yes. too heavy handed mm -hmm. about it, or even if I'm really light handed about it, but I just get to the wrong spots and they didn't notice that was a trigger while I was working on them. And I didn't notice that was a trigger while I was working on them. That can happen. People can get a headache the next day. Over time and practice, you you learn more that these things can happen. And so you can get better at proactively warning people that it can happen. And that helps as well. But validating that and apologizing for that experience is different than apologizing, saying, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry I named you. It's not what we're yes. saying. And, yeah. uh, and it's, there's nothing wrong with if someone's having a really bad reaction with recommending that they seek a consult with their primary care provider, whether it be a nurse practitioner, GP or something, because that can also be a signal that something else bad is going on. Yes. I worked on a woman, she was maybe five or six months pregnant. She was having a lot of um, shoulder and muscle pain. 
I worked on her and the next day she could barely breathe. She couldn't inhale without it hurting. Turned out she had costal chondritis. That massage like completely irritated it, super flamed up. She went, she ended up going to her doctor the next day because it was so bad. And then, and the doctor realized right away that's what was going on. So the fact that massage, massage actually led to that diagnosis, <laughs> it's not a good thing that she had terrible pain, but sometimes the things we do can irritate an underlying condition that we would have had no way of predicting or knowing. I, I certainly wouldn't want to have said to her, well, it couldn't have been my massage that caused any kind of problem. And then had her go to her doctor and be like, oh yeah, no, massage totally irritated the tissue and flamed this up. Right. It's okay to admit that massage can do that. And like, we have to hold the truth. If we think that massage can help, we have to hold the truth that sometimes it can, it can harm a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Anyhow, I really liked that tangent. But uh, <laughs> I also liked the, the really practical application of saying, oh my goodness, I'm sorry that you're having that reaction to massage. Let's talk you through this. Looking through my notes to see if we missed anything that we wanted to cover... I think the only thing I might want to add is that, you know, I kind of, I touched upon it briefly before, but I kind of want to say it again, just because as an industry, we struggle or try to be considered in the realm of health practitioners, which means we do need to own it. And when we strive for that, we can't be surprised that our clients come to us as experts and hear the things we say and take them to heart. Damn. So, yeah, you know what I mean, though? <laughs> I know what you mean. I feel so strongly about this. Yeah. So when when we say things off the cup, because I'm I'm very low key with my clients as well. I you know I'm not you know I'm not walking in with a clipboard and being all structured. I'm I'm these are my clients. I'm a solo practitioner just like you. They come to us for a reason. They respect our work. They respect ourselves. They respect our opinions. When we speak, they hear it. So it matters what and how we say it. Thank you, Jen Jerkin, for, for talking to us today, for bringing up this topic because it was really important. And I, I had had it on the back burner not knowing how to handle it, and you just handled it. So word, yo. That's going to wrap it up for today. This is a reminder that you can visit us online at massagebusinessblueprint.com for lots of free content, as well as our premium member community. If you have a question, you can email it to us at podcast at massagebusinessblueprint.com. That goes to Michael and I, and we will answer you and or answer the question in a future episode. Tell your friends about us. You can give us a review if you like. That helps other people find us. And finally, Thank you. Thank you, Jen Durkin, for joining us. And You're welcome. Thank you. Yay. And goodbye, everyone. <laughs>